Hi everyone. This podcast aims to strengthen your knowledge of J.B. Priestley's voiceless character, Eva Smith. Despite the fact that we never actually meet the infamous Eva, she is central to the progress of Priestley's plot and the unravelling of the Berlin family at the hands of our moral compass, Inspector Ghoul. In this play, Eva is a representation of the lower working classes and symbolises the change that is needed within society in order for people of all social and economic backgrounds to be treated as equals. This issue is something our writer feels particularly strongly about and his view is reflected throughout. The creation of Eva's vulnerable character was well thought out by Priestley, who purposely crafted a name with a deeper message. The use of the forename Eva can be linked to the first woman, Eve, a biblical character whom we are all believed to descend. Subsequently then, using the common surname Smith, Priestley ensures that the character of Eva is a clear representation of all lower working class women in Edwardian England, a time in which money, gender and class were the key to success and ultimate power, of which people like Eva had none. The inspector's character further reinforces this idea as he gives us an insight into what Eva's life was like by explaining she hadn't been able to save much and was feeling desperate. By doing this before exploring her relationship with the Berlin family, Priestley ensures that his audience are able to empathise, not just with Eva's character, but with a wider demographic, demographic of women living through the Industrial Revolution as Inspector Gould has to explain to a rather naive Sheila Berlin in the comfortable setting of her parents' formal dining room, there are a lot of young women living that sort of existence in every city and big town in the country. Eva's character, who we are initially told died two hours ago in the infirmary, is objectified throughout the play, as she is often referred to through descriptions of her physical appearance. We cannot forget that for both Gerald and Eric, Eva, or Daisy Renton, as she is later known, is an object of their desires, and here Priestley aims to reflect how women were seen purely as something to be enjoyed, like a material possession, rather than an equal being with individual thoughts and feelings. Inspector Gould further explores this notion when he explains how Eric treated Eva like an animal, not a person or thing. The idea that women were to be seen, not heard, is evident here. Even for higher class women like Mrs. Berlin and Sheila, we see how their views are simply not acknowledged by men. It was in this case money that gave them a voice outside of their patriarchal household, again, excluding people like Eva Smith. Our first exploration of Eva's character beyond her appearance and social misfortune comes when capitalist Mr. Berlin is asked to reflect on a time some two years before in which a number of women working for little money in his industrial factory had taken the opportunity to stand up for themselves in hope of equal treatment. Here we get an insight into Eva's characteristics beyond the representation of a young woman of beauty. Socialist writer Priestley presents his 1945 audience with a character who initially appears to be strong-willed and fully aware of the problems within society at the time. It is made clear that Eva's character, like many of those who found themselves in the lower working classes, was a victim of her social circumstance. Inspector Gould reveals to Mr Berlin and his family that she had no home to go back to, in hope of sparking some remorse for their wrongdoings towards her. After reading the play, however, you'll all know that this does not have the desired effect on Mr Berlin or his equally ignorant wife. 
When Eva is later faced with the torment of having to potentially raise her unborn child, fathered by Berlin's son, Eric, her social struggle is heightened once more as she seeks help from the Brumley Women's Charity Organisation. In this case, Eva is once again placed in opposition to a member of high society in Mrs Berlin, an individual who would have been associated with high morals due to her social position. At this point, it might be worth you taking a moment to consider where Eva's morals are brought into question and how the behaviour of the two women could be compared. She is, after all, the only lower-class character in the entire play, and Priestley purposely aims to present an individual who exploits the seemingly squeaky-clean image of the middle and upper classes, who went about their lives with no regard for the struggle taking place around them. Even when Eva, or Daisy Renton, as she is known at this point, is caught up in a seemingly one-sided romantic affair with high-flyer Gerald Croft. It is somehow he who comes out as the good guy for protecting Eva from the likes of old Joe Megaty at the Palace Bar, ignoring the fact that in doing so, Gerald is exhibiting no moral stance whatsoever, as the audience knows he is romantically involved with Sheila at this time, but still proceeds to embark on a six-month relationship with a woman who we knew very little about. As the twists and turns of Eva's life are unravelled, it is interestingly only potential love rival Sheila and her younger brother Eric who are eventually able to acknowledge the mistreatment of this young woman and the narrow-mindedness of their parents' response. This supports the writer's idea that it was only the younger generation who were able to acknowledge the need for change, effectively categorising Sheila, Eric and Eva, along with Inspector Gould, as socialists, thus reflecting the views of J.B. Priestley himself. Sheila is clearly taken back by her own behaviour towards Eva Smith after initially being threatened by her beauty in a chance meeting at a local clothing store and abusing her social position as a frequent high spender at Millwoods. Sheila is able to acknowledge that people like Eva aren't cheap labour, they're people, again demonstrating how all lower working class women would have been categorised at this time. With Eva having been involved physically with Eric, the Berlin's youngest child, it is this final part of the puzzle that cements her character's continuous links with the Berlin family and how each and every one of them, including Gerald Croft, had a part to play in her agonising death. Eric Berlin, who is guilty of his own wrongdoings in relation to Eva's character, is quick to defend her and states she wasn't the usual sort of woman to be found at the palace bar, suggesting that despite his parents' ignorant view of her, Eva was her own person and not someone to be categorised with the large number of women in Edwardian England who turned to prostitution as a source of income. Priestley works to ensure that his audience consistently sees the good in Eva, who in this instance refused financial help from Eric, as she knew it was stolen from his wealthy family. Could this be yet another example of how the morals of a low working class woman exploits the socially unacceptable behaviour of those who should have known better? There are many theories surrounding the real truth behind the story of Eva Smith. Hopefully, as you continue to make your way through our other podcasts in this series, you'll make further connections with her character and the complexities of her connections to the Berlins and their extended family. Be sure to look out for discussions surrounding Eva's photograph and that mysterious phone call. Thanks for listening, guys.